0: Hey, welcome to the Keep Moving Forward podcast with Tom O'Leary. I'm excited today. And thanks so much for all the feedback, the new ideas for future podcasts. Uh, Thank you for passing the messages on to other people or sending them to the website, uh, tomoleary.org. Thank you so much for those who are able to, to donate. Um, it's just such a blessing and, and thank you so much. It's easy to donate if you're able by just going to the, uh, website and hitting the give button. But, uh, I am just so encouraged and I'm pumped about today's message. Hey, when I was a little boy, I would watch Saturday morning cartoons. And every so often, right in the middle of my cartoon, the emergency broadcasting system would come on, and there'd be a rainbow color chart on the screen, and the announcer would say, this is the emergency broadcasting system, this is a test, it's only a test. Boo! And then there was this really obnoxious beep noise for about 60 seconds, totally ruining my Saturday morning cartoon experience. And, you know, I've always thought about that little uh, commercial break by the emergency broadcasting system. And so here's the deal. When you were born, God said to you, for the next 77 years, this is a test. It's only a test. (laughs) this life we live and have been given. It's just a test. The hard things we go through, the trials, the the temptations, the, the ups and downs of life. It's a test. It's only a test. A few days ago, I had a massive challenging moment, really, really difficult. And later in the day, I was praying, I thought, God, why, 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 why did I have to go through that? Why? And I heard his still small voice, that little whisper in the heart, Tom, it's a test. I thought, right, right. It's only a test. And that is today's podcast, the Keep Moving Forward podcast, all about living a life of perseverance. And the topic is, it's a test. It's only a test. Today, we are going to be in the book of James. James chapter 1. We're going to look at the first 12 verses, James 1, 1 through 12, and really apply to what does God say when we're facing a challenge, when we're going through a massive trial? What does he say to do? Well, we start off in James chapter one, verse one, and it says, James, a servant of God and of the Lord Jesus Christ to the 12 tribes scattered among the nations. Greetings. So it kicks it off and lets us know who wrote it. And it in fact is James. Now, James Uh, Isn't one of Jesus' twelve disciples? There were two James; had different fathers. And but this James, who wrote the book of James in the New Testament, is what I like to call Jesus' half brother, (laughs) because they had the same mom but different dads. (laughs) Because Jesus had you know God the Father and Mary was a virgin, and you know this incredible thing that happens where she uh, is pregnant with you know baby Jesus and and so so James his parents is Mary and Joseph and so Joseph was James' dad so so he's Jesus half-brother now here's the crazy thing about uh, Jesus brother James is he wasn't a believer in Jesus as the Christ as the Messiah until... Jesus was resurrected from the dead. That's a powerful thing. James was skeptical and, you know, like a brother, you know, would say to a brother, you're not the Christ, you're not the Messiah. And, you know, so then he sees Jesus crucified, really, really dead. And then he really, really comes back to life. And when he sees the resurrected Jesus, that's when he believes. And I imagine Jesus said, I'm back bro. <laughs> and it probably James in that moment probably fell on his face and fell at Jesus feet. And so it's this whole thing of this powerful thought that James was skeptical until he saw the risen Christ. It's it's proof. It's massive proof that Jesus was really dead and really came back to life. So we're going to move into verse two here. And I'm going to give you five today out of James one of when facing a trial, here's what God says to do. Okay. Uh, Number one is choose joy. And that's in James one, verse two, consider it pure joy. My brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds. Okay. To choose joy. Okay. How do you do that? Well, it says consider. It says, you know, to, to count it, to consider, to maybe con- contemplate uh, which path you want to be on. Uh, Ephesians 5 talks about a wise path and an unwise path. And the scripture here says that you're going to face various trials, many different trials. That tells me that trials come in different shapes and sizes, There's spiritual trials, emotional trials, uh, physical health trials, relationship trials, financial trials. And notice in James 1 2, it doesn't say when you, I mean, it says when, not if. It says when you face trials, not if. You can bank on it. (laughs) You and I are going to face trials. And so it says consider it pure joy. Well, I don't know about you, but in my humanity, I'm like, yeah, right. <laughs> what am I going to do? But then I have a choice to choose a path of joy or a path of despair. A friend of mine told me, if joy is the freeway, uh, thankfulness and gratefulness, gratitude is the on-ramp. And I thought, oh, that that well that'll preach I and mean, that's good stuff right there. And so if you're not feeling joy, go back to what am I grateful for? What am I thankful for? And and that's the on-ramp to the freeway of joy. Also, Psalm 16 verse 11 says, "You have made known to me the path of life; you will fill me with joy in your presence with eternal pleasures at your right hand." And so the psalmist here in Psalm 16 and 11 says there is a path of life to be on, and I want to be filled with joy. How do I do that? I come into his presence. The presence of God is where you will find the joy whenever you're facing many, many trials. So you can use the on-ramp of thankfulness, and then you can recognize, i got to get in God's presence, whether that's worship, worship songs, reading your Bible, having a quiet time, uh, going, you know, to a Bible study with others, going to church, worshiping, uh, you know, all of that, you know. And, and it's a powerful, powerful thing to do. And, you know, another thing that a friend said is, you know, when he's in a trial and how do I choose joy? Think of the destination. It's kind of, he was sharing, like, when I was a little kid and I hated car rides. Like, I was the kid that was like... Mom, Dad, when are we going to get there? When are we going to get there? <laughs> he goes, I was just uncomfortable. And then I finally learned, like, thinking about the destination. Like, I'm so excited to get, and, he, you know, that made it uh, easier to make it joyful. So that's another thing in life. We can think of the destination. And back to the presence of God. Bill Bright, the founder of Campus Crusade, uh, he always said, practice the presence of God. And so when you face a trial, when you meet a trial, don't run from the trial, run to God. So you get the unexpected bill. Lord, I choose joy, not stress, because you're going to show your provision. You get the not so good health report. Lord, I choose joy, not fear, because you are going to show your faithfulness. You don't get the job you really, really wanted. Lord, I choose joy, not despair, because that just means you have something better for me. That is what we're looking to do. And so we have to go there and choose joy. That's number one that God tells us to do when we face a trial. Number two that God says, you're facing a trial. Here's what I say. Embrace joy perseverance. That's number two. Embrace perseverance. So we go on to verse three and four that says, because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance, let perseverance finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. This tells us that tests in life, when you get tested, it produces, it develops, it creates, it generates perseverance. And perseverance has to finish the work in you, on the inside. So when it says to be mature and complete, mature spiritually, it's going to help you, develop you, producing you to be spiritually mature. And when it says uh, whole, as in uh, W-H-O-L-E, or complete, it says complete, that means you're being made whole on the inside. Your soul is being restored. Your broken heart is being healed. Uh, the brokenness on the inside. And you know, we, we've all been broken and are broken. The wrongs we've done, the wrongs done to us. The sins we've done, the sins done against us. And we have to understand that in that place, um, God wants to make us whole, spiritually mature and complete, made whole on the inside. I loved uh, one time I saw a bumper sticker and it said, Humpty Dumpty was pushed. <laughs> there, are, you know, maybe you've got pushed in life and it, it's cracked you all up. Well, God is the one can restore you. And he does it through perseverance. That's why Hebrews 10, verse 36, says you need to persevere so when you've done the will of God, you will receive what he has promised. So persevering is all about doing God's will. God, what do you want me to do? What's your will? What's the right thing to do? What's the good thing to do? What's the, the righteous thing to do? All those things. And and that's persevering. And you know, when I say embrace perseverance, we 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 have to like own it. We have to really take it on. Um, it's like facing the wind. I, I am not a wind guy. I don't I don't like the wind. And I live on the central coast of California. And there are days where it is really windy. And so I have to face the wind. I have to embrace the wind. Why? Because wind is a part of life. And so you just have to face it. You have to embrace it. And so in the same way, perseverance, we have to embrace it. When I was a little kid, Monday night football was a big deal. Uh The NFL and professional football. And there were announcers. How would co-sell? And Don Meredith, turn out the lights, the party's over. He would always sing at the end of the game. And then Frank Gifford. And well, there was this famous running back, Uh, Walter Payton, who played for the Chicago Bears, and there was this one game that if you counted up all the yards that he ran for, it was like over, you know, like the nine mile mark, something like that. And Frank Gifford makes this announcement, Walter Payton has just rushed for over nine miles. And Howard Cosell, in great fashion, says, yeah, at 4.4 yards a pop. (laughs) What does that mean, Tom? Well, what that means is sometimes you rip off a run for 15 yards and then you get sacked for 10 and then you get hit at the line and no yards and then you rip another one off for 7 and you know, it boom 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 and you're amassing all these yards at about 4.4 yards a pop. And that's what life is like. And that's why we have to persevere. We have to embrace perseverance because we're going to get to our destination. We're going to get to that nine mile mark like Walter Payton, but it's going to take perseverance. Uh, the setbacks, the, the, the great runs, you know, it's all going to average out, but we're going to get there if we embrace perseverance. Number three what does God say to do when you're facing a trial? Number three, request wisdom. You got to ask for it. You got to request wisdom to God. That's verse five. If any of you lacks wisdom, you should ask God who gives generously to all without finding fault and it will be given to you. James 1, 5 is what I call the slam dunk prayer. You can't miss with this one if you ask for wisdom. Here's the deal. You could be an idiot. (laughs) I am not calling you an idiot. I'm just saying you, you know, if you were one, (laughs) you're not, you're not, but if there was a person who was an idiot, you could pray for wisdom and God's going to answer that prayer because it says without finding fault, he's going to give it to you. It's fascinating in the old testament, in second chronicles Solomon is having a conversation with God and Solomon says to God, give me wisdom and knowledge that I may lead this people for who is able to govern this great people of yours. Then God said to Solomon, since this is your heart's desire and you have not asked for wealth, possessions, or honor, nor for the death of your enemies, and since you've not asked for a long life, but for wisdom and knowledge to govern my people over whom I have made you king, therefore wisdom and knowledge will be given you, and I will give you also wealth, possessions, honor, such as no king who has ever gone before you has had... Um, and none after will have. Wow. That, what a statement from God. Solomon could have asked for anything. He asks for wisdom and knowledge. Here's the principle. Ask for God's wisdom and he gives you more. He gives you more. You know, years ago, 35 years ago, I was starting this business and I had also applied for this particular job a uh, very you know stable job kind of thing and benefits and you know insurance and all of that and paid pretty well and i'm working at my business at my home office and i get a phone call and over the phone they're offering me the job and i'm like sitting there and in my mind i'm kind of like um mm, and i'm praying to god in the quiet silence of my mind God, what do I do? Give me wisdom. And all of a sudden, I knew the answer was no. And I said, gosh, I'm so grateful, thankful that for the job offer, but I'm going to have to decline. I then walked into the house and saw Sherry. I go, Sherry, they offered me the job. And she goes, awesome. And I said, no. She goes, not awesome. <laughs> and what was so fascinating is that three months later, that job got canceled because of budget concerns, totally gets canceled, and my business took off. That was the mercy of God, and I believe it's because I asked for wisdom. And so maybe you're going to be in a moment, maybe later today, maybe later this week or this month or a few months from now, And maybe you'll remember this Keep Moving Forward podcast and you'll pray that little prayer in that moment. God, what do I do? Give me wisdom. And God is going to grant that prayer. Okay, number four, facing a trial. When facing a trial, here's what God says to do. Number four, believe God. That's what he says. (laughs) Verse six through eight, it's that simple. Believe God. But when you ask, you must believe and not doubt because the one who doubts is like a wave of a sea blown and tossed by the wind. That person should not expect to receive anything from the Lord. Such a person is double minded and unstable in all they do. So here uh, to believe means not doubting. OK, so that's pretty clear. Uh, if you're doubting, you're not believing. So bel- to believe means no doubting, not doubting and the words that are associated here with doubt is being tossed. So you're all over the place. You're all over the map. You're, you're swirling out of control. You're tossed. Uh, secondly, double-minded. Well, maybe I should do this. Maybe that, maybe this. And the enemy of your soul is whispering lies. And well, maybe I should do that. You know, that's being double-minded back and forth, back and forth. And then the third word, unstable. Well, you know, do you want to live a stable life? Solid, peaceful, rock solid, stable life, or an unstable life? You don't know which way's up. All over again, all over the place. And, and and so, you know, which one do you want? Do you want the chaos or do you want the peace of God? Do you want to take God at His Word and believe God? It reminds me this whole you know, being tossed by the wind, blown by the waves of the sea. That's what doubting, it's an illustration like what doubting is like. It reminds me when I was about five years old and, We used to vacation at Avila Beach on the central coast of California. I was playing in the waves and all of a sudden I got taken down by a wave and I'm swirling around. I don't know which way is up. It's dark. It's scary. I'm out of breath and I come up, gasp for air. Another wave takes me down. Same thing. Totally out of control, tossed, unstable, not knowing you know which way is up and, and I come up and I gasp for air, and a third wave takes me down. So three waves in a row, and all of a sudden, just this muscular, probably Cal Poly student guy, totally ripped, you know, comes up, scoops me out of the water, carries me to the shore, and gently lays me down in the sand. And then he walked off into the sunlight. Who was that 10 man? Well, anyway, hey, when you're in the craziness of life, you're getting tossed around in the waves. That's the moment where Jesus is stepping in, lifting you up and out and gently laying you on the sand. And so we got to we got to believe God you know, James 2.19 says, you believe there is one God. Good. Even the demons believe that and Shudder. So that's interesting, right? Like demons know about God. Demons believe in God. That's not good company to be in. And so it's this whole idea of, of not just believing in God, but believing God. Uh, my pastor uh, at, at my church, I was doing a series through Romans and man, he got to this one place where he brought this whole concept of, you know, do you believe in God or do you believe God? And man, did it, it rocked me. It just like my spiritual mind was like blown up. I love it. I love it. So that's my challenge to you. Do you believe in God or do you believe God? Right, let's believe God believe his word, believe his promises. And that leads us to the last one. Number five, when you're facing a trial, here's what God says to do. Keep standing. Number five. And that gets us to verse 12. It says, James chapter one, verse 12, blessed is the one who who perseveres under trial because having stood the test, that person will receive the crown of life that the Lord has promised to those who love him. That word blessed in verse 12, in the New Testament Greek, it translates as genuinely happy or supremely happy. So when Jesus gave us the Beatitudes, blessed are the, fill in the blank, blessed are the poor in spirit, you know, and what Jesus was saying is supremely happy are those who are poor in spirit, you know, genuinely happy, supremely happy. And so verse 12 says, having stood the test. So that's what it's all about to keep standing, Ephesians six verse thirteen tells us, therefore put on the full armor of God so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to take your stand to stand your ground and after you've done everything to stand. So it's all about keep standing and it's interesting also in this passage, Ephesians six thirteen it doesn't say if a day of evil comes, it says when' that day of evil comes. And so we got to be every day put on the full armor of God. I have a friend of mine where he and his wife, they literally pray the armor of God over themselves before they get out of bed. I'm like, wow, you just raised the bar on that one. (laughs) When I wake up, I'm thinking about the coffee. (laughs) So man, we got to put on the armor of God. And that is what it's all about. I'm telling you, You know, life that we live here, the trials that we go through, the challenges, the problems. It's just a test. It's only a test. And I want to pray for you today. God, thank you for everyone who's tuning in to this podcast. God, I pray you'd encourage them. I pray, Lord, that they would really know that when they're facing a trial, they can choose joy. There is that path, instead of despair, instead of fear, uh, that they can choose. They can get on the on-ramp of gratitude, and, and they can see the destination, just like you, Jesus, for the joy set before you, you endured the cross. And so, God, encourage them. Lord, let them embrace perseverance. God, let them request and ask for your wisdom in every circumstance, in every situation that that we would be asking for that wisdom, God, that that only you can give. Lord, I, I pray so much that we would be people that would believe you, God, not just in you, for sure that, but in you, God. And Lord, I pray uh, that you would give each person who's listening right now, the strength, the strength to keep standing, not going to get knocked over, not going to get knocked out of the game, knocked out of the race. Uh, they are going to keep standing by your grace, by your power, by your wonderful love. God bless them. I pray in Jesus name. Amen. Well, I'm so grateful. Keep the questions coming. Keep passing these messages on to friends and family members, co-workers, anyone that you think would uh, benefit. If you know of someone who's going through a really tough challenge and a really hard trial, you know, please, you know, send this to them. Hey, thanks so much. If you're able to donate, it's just a tremendous help to keep this uh, Keep Moving Forward podcast going. And let me remind you, God loves you. He loves you. He loves you. And I'm for you. God bless.